0: Our first reading this morning comes to us from the book of Genesis. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, What will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliza of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my own household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir." And he brought him outside and said, look toward the heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. That is our first reading. Our second reading is Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 1, beginning with the 18th verse. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave him up in their lusts and the hearts to impurity, to be the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Our Gospel reading this morning is from the book of Luke. Luke. Once again, there's a great crowd that is following Jesus. And Jesus really challenges them with a lot of questions. It's also challenging for us as well. From the book of Luke, the 14th chapter, beginning with the 25th verse, Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you Desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what a king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great ways off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has, he cannot be my disciple." That is our gospel reading. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Happy Sunday, everybody. Wow, today's gospel reading really hits home. It really asks the ultimate question what are our priorities? This gospel lesson just has so many things at play on here. And we have to be careful how we use those words because in this situation, Jesus is using a hyperbole, which is an over-exaggeration to make a legitimate point. The point is, where are your priorities? All these people are coming and flocking to be around Jesus. Why are they there? Are they here just to see something going on? Just to see maybe a miracle might happen? Or are they really, truly there to hear about the message of the gospel and really follow Jesus? And Jesus lays it on the line. He says, unless you hate your mother, father, parents, siblings, even your own life, you cannot be my disciple. Now, hate's a pretty strong word. And that's, Jesus is not undermining the other commandments about honor your father and mother, and you're supposed to love your neighbors as yourself, and even love your enemies. It's about Jesus. It's about where he fits into our lives. Sometimes churches have a tendency to think, well, we want big congregation. We want lots of people to come. And Jesus is looking at that big crowd out there. He's not interested in quantity. He's interested in quality the quality of our hearts, the quality of our minds. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, According to the grace of God which has been given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it, For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through the fire. A lot of people follow Jesus. Jesus. They just come to listen to what he's trying to say. I often think of sometimes, you know, congregations, churches, oh, I love going to this church because they have the choir singing and they have this and they got that. And I'm thinking, well, you know what? That's a show. And I can tell you one thing. Jesus was not interested in shows. He didn't have choirs. About the only choirs that were basically, if you want to get not really singing, but complaining were the scribes and Pharisees. Because they didn't like what Jesus was talking about. They didn't want to be questioned about how they felt their life should be. Now we fast forward to the end of our Gospel reading for today, where we talk about salt. Kind of puts it all into perspective. One version says, therefore, salt is good. The word therefore ties it to the previous readings. It says, but even if the salt has become tasteless, with what will it be seasoned? It is useless either for the soil or the manure pile. It is thrown out. I wondered about that manure pile, where that, where that kind of came from. But apparently there's a gas that is being released in the manure piles, and they didn't want to waste the gas. They didn't want the, the manure pile to be uh, going bad, so they would put salt on it to help preserve it and keep the manure and the fertilizer Good. They got their salt from the Dead Sea. And so they would try to preserve what they had, and that's what salt was used for. A little bit of history there. But what Jesus is saying is that if the salt is bad, get rid of it, it is useless. If you can't count on the salt to do its job, then what good is it? Life without Jesus Christ is also useless. You have to really follow Jesus Christ each and every day in our lives. You know, we talk about Jesus coming into the world. We talk about what he's really emphasizing. And he challenges them. He says in Matthew 10, Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and man's enemies will be the members of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves his sons or daughters more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it and he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. It's almost a lot of the same verbiage that Luke is talking about in our gospel reading for today. The fact of the matter is, Jesus again is questioning, where are your priorities? What are we to do? Who are we to worship? Are we to worship God? Or are we to basically put our family first? I made a comment, I said, well, I hate to say this, but the most important person in your life is not your spouse. And that really is a challenging thought, though, if you think about it, because that's what Jesus is saying. You know, if you put Jesus Christ first, everything else becomes great and and awesome. We go through life, I know there are are challenges in our lives. We're faced with illnesses, we're faced with death, we're faced with uh, uh, community challenges, nation challenges, Threat of nuclear war, everything that's up in the arms. Does that matter in the long term, in the long scheme of things? It's up to us to follow Jesus. In Luke 18, 19 through 21, it says, And his mother and brothers came to Jesus when Jesus was preaching, and they were unable to get to him because of the crowd. And it was reported to Jesus, Your mother and brothers are standing outside wishing to see you. But Jesus answered and said to them, My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God. And do it. The thing that caught me there were the last three words. And do it. It's one thing to hear the voice. It's one thing to hear the message. It's one thing to read the scriptures. Then what are you doing with that information? Are you doing it? Do not look back. If you're out, Jesus used an example of somebody out plowing. And if you're out there plowing and you're looking straight ahead, you get a pretty straight line, don't you? But if you look behind, (laughs) guess what happens? You start getting crooked lines. You no longer are focused on what's in front of you. You're no longer focused on Jesus, and when you start looking away from Jesus, your role starts getting crooked. No. Keep the eyes upon Jesus, just like Peter getting off the boat, looking, keeping his eyes on Jesus. As long as he had his eyes on him, everything was fine. The moment he looked down, you know the rest of the story. We need salt in our lives. We need the salt to have the good good food, the seasonings. We need Jesus Christ to have that great awesomeness in our lives because the issue is real. And we need to take up the cross and follow Jesus. He talks about that as well. Our society, we as human beings, have a tendency to want the blessings of other people. We want their approval. When Jesus went to look for his disciples, some of them just got up and left what they were doing. Left their father, left their fishing industry, their fishing business, and followed Jesus. And that's what Jesus wanted them to do. Then there's other people that wanted to follow Jesus. But they started making up excuses. Oh, I have to go first bury my dad. And Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. I am the life. I am the life that is yet to come to the future. We have, we have to be planning our lives not for today, not for our friends or relatives, not for those around us, but for the upcoming kingdom that is yet to come. So many times throughout our reading today, Jesus says, unless you do these things, you will not be my disciple. So the question is are we useful disciples or are we useless disciples? And that's an interesting question. We all want to be useful, but we have to reach out to Jesus. We don't want, I know sometimes people will sometimes say, well, you know, they might come up to me and say, oh, that was really a good sermon. It's like, you know, it's not about whether the sermon is good. It's what you are doing with the information from the sermon, what you're doing with it in your life. It's one thing to preach a good sermon. I could be up here preaching the world's best sermons all the time. But what are you doing with that information? Are you utilizing it? Are you using it? Or I say, "Hey, that was a good sermon today," and then we go back and eat, and then we go home and we clean the yard and sit in the air condition and and do everything else, and completely forget about what was said and how we're supposed to live our lives. Those—it almost sounds like fire and brimstone in a way, but that's what Jesus is talking about in our reading for today. He doesn't mince words. And what I'm saying comes directly out of the Bible. Read the scriptures and, as I said, as I said earlier, and do it. Life is going to go on with or without us. But the everlasting life that is yet to come, we want to be there. So as we live out our lives today, make sure that we're doing what Jesus wants us to do. And that is to be the salt. That is to be the light. That is to be the love. And that is to put Jesus Christ first in our lives. And it's not easy. But we get better by keeping on practicing, keeping on working it, keeping on reading the Bible, praying, praying, recognizing Jesus Christ in everything that we do in our lives. When we get up in the morning, we give him glory and honor and praise throughout the course of the day. We, we recognize Jesus Christ. You know, thank you, Lord, for, for whatever it is that's happening in our lives, the blessings that he has given us, the congregation that we have here, the people that we have here, the communities that we live in. And what are we doing with that information? Are we sitting on it or are we doing something with it? It's a challenge. And Jesus says, you need to fit up to the challenge. Otherwise, the salt is no good and useless. Let's go forward today as each members of the congregation here, as each members of our communities, families, whatever the case might be, Reach out to people. There are people out there that need to hear about the message of God, about what he has done for us. The most important thing that Jesus has done for us is die on the cross for our sins. The suffering that he went through for us, for each one of us. I, it's an emotional thing to think about what somebody did for you and for me. It, it can really bring tears to your eyes to think about how much somebody loved you and loved me. So let's go forth. Let's make sure that we have the best salt mine around. Make sure we have the brightest light available for us because we have the light of the world through Jesus Christ who is coming down to each one of your hearts and souls and minds and he's going to use the Holy Spirit inside each one of you to move you to do something. And do it. That's what Jesus said. Do it. Amen. May the grace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in the true Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let's confess our Christian faith according to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Oh Lord, send your Spirit inside each one of us and allow it to move ourselves into such great hope. We need that enthusiasm in our lives, Lord. We need that promise of of the everlasting life that is yet to come. We need that hope and a reassurance that you came down here for us. And we are so grateful for that, Jesus. Be with us. Encourage us. And make us, send your spirit inside of us to move it, to do it. Life is great, Lord, and we thank you so much for the many blessings. You have blessed us with so much, Lord. We don't deserve the blessings. We deserve eternal damnation. But yet, through you, Jesus Christ, you have paved the way, a straight path for us to get up into heaven. And yes, sometimes we we veer off the course, but you're always there to help correct us. The leaders of nations throughout the world need your spirit of wisdom to work together for the common good, to help people who are in need. And even in our own country, Lord, we're down in Texas where tornadoes devastated a community down there with 200 destroyed homes. Lord, be with them and help them out and give them encouragement that even in the situation of despair, There is hope. There is love. There is peace. And there is forgiveness. We also pray for those whom we name in our own individual hearts. We lift up all of these petitions to you. Take the burdens of ourselves off of us and put them on you. Give us rest. Give us peace. Give us your love. We pray this all in your name who has also taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, As we take our worship, praise, and prayer from this place into our daily lives, may our lives be sustained through the love of our Heavenly Father. May we feel the presence of our Savior walking beside us and know the power of the Spirit in both our actions and our words. May the Father's hand keep you from stumbling, the footprints of Jesus give you confidence to follow, and the fire of the Spirit keep you warm and safe in your walk with God on this very day. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious upon you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace, his love, and forgiveness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And let God's people say, Amen.